tell you what, when when we do start to grow, notice I said didn't say if, I said when, 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 when we start to grow, we're probably going to end up getting some pretty rough characters in here. And what I mean by rough is they may not look the best, they may not smell the best, they may not sound the best as far as their word choice. In other words, they may be like me before I got saved. Every other word was a cuss word. They may do that. I don't know. I don't know who God's going to send in. I'm asking God to send drug addicts and alcoholics and pimps and prostitutes. I'm asking him for everybody because that's who we need to come in and hear the word of God and get saved, get their hearts right with him and begin. Did you know a born again, newly born again Christian is the one who's mostly on fire for God? Did you know that? In other words, they just can't seem to wait and tell somebody about Jesus. That's right. Because that's the way that, that I was when I first got saved, believe me. I, I took stuff into the workplace and handed it out and left it in the break room and all that kind of stuff. And my boss pulled me in his office and said, you can't do this. And I said, do what? And he said, put, give out these scripture verses. And I said, but people need Jesus. And he said, I, he said, they may worry very well, but you can't do this. This is company policy. This is company time. This is a company workplace. You can't do this. So I said, okay. And anyway, my point being is that I was so full, on, full of the fire of the Holy Ghost that I wanted to get everybody around me. I, I wanted it so bad, I felt like grabbing them, grabbing them up by their lapel and saying, look, you need Jesus. Of course, I couldn't do that. But my point being is, I was on fire, and I pray that we never lose that fire. If I didn't have my wife coming to preach here this morning, I'd do this one myself, because I've already been given by God a sermon called fire, uh, Keep the Fire Burning. And anyways, we're going to have to wait for next Sunday for that to happen, okay? Sorry, but you got to come back next Sunday to hear that message. But God is filled me with that message, and he's not going to change lanes on me now, I don't think, even though he has in the past. But anyway, my point being is that we need to be reaching people out, reaching out to people, and seeing them come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. And like I said, people that don't know Jesus, when they come through these doors, they're not going to act like a Christian. They're not. They're not going to sound like a Christian. They're I had somebody recently tell me they thought the, the song we sang at the very beginning last week, they told me that they thought that was a strange song. They wondered if they had stepped into a Jehovah's Witness church because oh. it was called Jehovah Jireh. And I said, no, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I said, and believe me, and I explained to them what we believed in and all that good stuff. But like I said, I was hoping they'd be back today, but they're not here. But you know what? God knows how to bring in the people he wants to be here. And so we just got to trust him. When the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. If the house is not being built by the Lord, it's being built in vain. That's right. In other Amen. words, it's, it's useless to try and do it on our own. We might, we might be able to put out enough things to do that people might want to see and participate in, you know, uh, and, and 
be brought into the house of God, and that would be a good thing. But it depends on what we're bringing in. You know, we, we can't just have any old thing and, and, and want people to come. Just like any movie that we get to showing here at the church once a month for the community, if, if it's not Christian-based and Christian values and morals and so forth, it's not going to play in this house, in God's house. It's not going to. I had somebody show me a, a movie recently, and they said, well, it's put out by a Christian company, and it's, you know, and it, it's, you know, this and that and the other thing, and there's some good golly values in it. I said, okay, I'll, I'll sit and watch it. I did. I sat through the whole thing, and I told the, that person, I said, that would never fly in my church. It, the only godly stuff I saw in it took place in about the last five minutes of the movie. And all the rest of it was worldliness, garbage, and everything else. And I said, that would never fly in my church, and I'm not even going to try to introduce it. So anyway, my point being is, is this, that we need to be careful what we do allow into the house of God. But if a non-Christian comes into these doors, they're not going to know about hallelujah and praise the Lord and whether we're Jehovah's Witness or not. We sing a song called Jehovah's Jireh. You know, they they got to be taught and discipled, folks. They got number one, they got to give their heart to Jesus. But number two, then you don't just sit them on the shelf and say, okay, now you're saved. Praise God. You disciple them. You teach them. You lead them into the things of God. Because they're not going to pursue those things on their own. You, you've got to present the gospel message and the things of God and his word in such a manner that it makes them hungry, like a starving man for a steak. I mean, you've got to get them something mouth-watering in front of them. And when you do, they're going to be willing to follow after that guidance. So that's all I'm saying is, folks, is that we need to be reaching out to this community. I did that this morning, didn't I, in Sunday school? Got on my soapbox. Let me read to you the second page of the newsletter. It says, who you are. It says, let this list encourage you today and remind you of who you are in Christ. Number one, you're a child of God. You're a daughter or a son of God. Number two, you're saved by grace. Once again, grace, not, not your own works. Saved by grace, God's faith. Alive to God. In other words, you're died to the old man. Now you're living for the Lord. You're dead to sin. That's what I just said. Sanctified. In other words, that word sanctified just means to be separated and set apart for God's use. That's all that really means. Doesn't mean to be perfect. A new creation. You think different. You act different. You talk different. You live your life in a different manner from what you used to before you got Christ. You've been reconciled to God. In other words, I'm back in the right relationship with God. Hallelujah. Because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. I'm free. I don't have to enter the door anymore when the devil comes with his temptations to get me to sin. I don't have to enter by my flesh. I can now enter with the sweet spirit of God and let him handle the matter for me. 
and I've been justified. In other words, he's, he's made me righteous in his sight. So that when I stand before God on judgment day, he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, rather than saying, depart from me, you work of iniquity. You never knew you. We've also been chosen. In other words, not everybody in this world is going to be saved. Did you know that? I've heard some people say that that didn't happen because God was, loves you so much you're never going to send you to hell. And I said, you're right. He loves us so much he will never send us to hell. But we send ourselves to hell when we refuse to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So we have been justified. We've been chosen. We've been adopted by God. He has no grandchildren. All he's got is sons, sons and daughters. We've been accepted. In other words, he's not going to say, get away from me. You've sinned too much. I can't pardon all that. Look at you. Look what you've done. Get away from me. He's not going to do that. He's going to accept you. He's going to forgive you. You're forgiven. <clears throat> Whatever sins you've committed, they're washed under the blood when you come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. You've been raised and seated in heavenly realms. That's a futuristic thing. So we need to realize that that's an accomplished fact, though, because we're under God's ever-watchful eye and care, and Jesus is always making intercession. Created for good works. We're created to live for God and to be his servants. Called to eternal glory. We're going to go to heaven. More than a conqueror. I like that. More than a conqueror. I, can, I cannot be defeated as long as I'm relying on the Lord to fight my battles. You're an overcomer. I like that one too. I'm an overcomer, praise God. Euphonikeo is where you stand, Pastor. You cussing me out? No. Euphonikeo is that uh, a Greek word for the word conqueror. So in other words, I'm, I'm more than a conqueror. And I'm an overcomer. And I love this one too. Never forsake. Never. There's times we might feel like we do because we can't seem to sense the presence of God in our life or our situation. But that's not the true fact. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. So don't buy into that. Remember, you are never, ever forsaken. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and, and see. The new has come. Today's reflection, what truth about your identity encourages you the most today? And why? I tell you, all of those are good. And it, it reminds me, it's good to be reminded. Not nag. The Holy Spirit doesn't nag. Okay? He's not a wife.
copy or a copy. And I'm going to unstaple this page two. And I'm going to hang this up in my bedroom when I, when I get home. Says, or I may put it on the bathroom mirror. I may, instead, I may do that. Just tape it to the bathroom mirror. Because then when I look in it, I'll always remember and see this list. And it'll remind me who I am in Christ. I tell you, we, we need to do something like that with this. You know? So anyways, that being said, I'm about to turn the service over to my wife, Pastor Laura. But before I do, I want to say this. Did you know, guys, that most churches in the world today, no matter whether it's here, China, Germany, wherever. Most, every place that you would go to to worship in the house of God, guess what's going to be the predominant gender? Females. In other words, you're going to find more females in the house of the Lord than most of the time than when you see the men in the church. Now, I know there's a mixture. We've got a mixture. We've actually got more guys than women today, but that's only because we're a small church. But I'm saying is, is that we need to understand that there was many women that God used in the Bible. He used Esther. He used Hannah. He used uh, Sarah, Deborah. He used a lot of women in the Bible. Dorcas. He used a lot of women in the Bible. And he even used the women in the Bible to go tell the disciples about Jesus being resurrected out of the grave. You know, that, and what I'm saying is, is that we, they have a predominant, well not a predominant, but they have a prominent, a prominent place in the house of the Lord. And we, we sometimes, because guys, we have this ego, and we sometimes think to ourselves, well, Bible does say, for the woman to submit to the husband. Have you ever finished reading that passage? It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. In other words, I'm supposed to put her needs ahead of my own. And that's what I'm saying to us today is this. Let's give them the honor that they're due and the respect that they're due, guys. And my wife is going to come this morning because she's going to minister the word of the Lord because today is National Women's Day. And so, of the Assemblies of God. So at this time, my wife is coming. She's going to deliver the word and she's going to bless our hearts. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Father God, I thank you, Lord, for touching my wife and commanding her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. I thank you, Lord, every word she speaks will be from heaven above and before her head. We thank you, dear God, that we're going to be blessed in abundance. What she has to share, she will then give you all the praise and the glory and the Good morning. Good morning. And as um, he was saying, today is the day 
Holy Sons of God has designated to celebrate National Women's Day. They take a Sunday and honor different departments. And today it's for the ladies. And this morning we want to start with a special prayer for the ladies in our church family. And that's why I wanted him to hang around because I wanted to be uh, have him around to help pray. And uh, when I call your name, I want you to please come forward. First, we want to thank all of our ladies, whether they're here or not here, for everything that they've been doing for our church. I know a lot of times we get so busy in ministry that we don't always say thank you, especially every time that somebody does something really wonderful for our church. And sometimes it may not be a big glamorous thing that we do, but sometimes if those little things that might seem insignificant to other people weren't happening, a lot would, of pressure would be put on the pastors. So we are very thankful for everything, whether it's big or small, that has been done for our church. Okay, Sister Cindy, come on up, come down, however the expression is. <laughs> she served as a women's ministry director and our children's church pastor. She's decorated the church, especially the Fellowship Hall. She and her husband have helped us with decorating for Christmas. And she's also been active in intercessory prayer meetings and in the Carlos ministry. And I know that uh, Sister Lillian is not able to be here today, but she's faithful to help clean our church when she's able. And now, Sister Shirley, come on up. Roll on up. Yeah, roll on up here. She's been speedy. Uh, <laughs> faithful to be one of our intercessory prayer warriors, and I know that she blesses me. The few times that I've had to miss, she's been there to call to um, check and see how I'm doing, so I know she's doing it to me. She's yeah. also doing it to other people in the church, finding out why aren't you here? Yeah. And that's something that helps because it's one thing people expect a pastor to call. But when people in the church start calling to find out why people are not there, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, people care about me more than just the pastor. I mean, they expect the pastor. But when the local congregation starts reaching out to check up on us, then it's like, I really do feel loved and appreciated and valued. And... Like I said, there are so many times, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a prayer, whether it's just being here to listen, there's always a need. And our ladies, whether you see them here or not, they are always doing things to meet the needs of our church. And at this time, I'm going to let Pastor Oil lead the prayer for our ladies. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for these ladies of the church. We thank you, Lord God, for the sacrifices they make to go to the ministry. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to continue to help them in their ministry. Sister Shirley, with her ministry of reaching out to people who are not here, with so compassion and care and concern and love. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for just helping her and, and continue to do so. Minister in your name to those who are not here in the church service time that is here. We thank you, Lord God, that you're not just uh, assuming something 
came up and realized the board was reaching out to see if something happened to those kids, what the, what the situation was. We thank you for that. We have that heart to do so. We have to do that. In order we pray God for Sister Cindy God, that she would continue to minister to her needs as well. Let the Holy Spirit move in her midst and her needs, God. Lord, we thank you, God. We have a heart for women. We have counsel for women's groups here for Russia. We thank you, Lord God, for helping us to lead the women's group and where they need to be led and to show them the things they need to be taught. And Lord, thank you, God, that you can also minister child you know, it's had an issue where they child was taken taken to that individual and they became responsible for every child. We thank you, Lord God, for blessing her and her ministry, Sister Curry and her ministry, Sister Lily and her ministry. Thank you, God, that she has a heart to take care of the house of the Lord and to do it for Cindy when she was able to come and, and clean up the Lord's house. And Lord, we thank you for my wife as well, Lord. I thank you for, for the Holy Spirit to minister to her today in a powerful and mighty way, God. Let the Holy Spirit of God exalt the step. Lord, speak through her this morning. Lord, you be praised. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you. God, you did what we did. You did guidance and direction to her and myself as your pastor and shepherd of the flock. It was now is yours. We thank you, Lord God. You're helping us to be the under-shepherds and the Christ leaders to the needs of the church. And Father, for these questions, we're going to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And many churches that have not just only been filling a pew, so to speak, some churches have been deaconesses or board members or other leaders in the church. I know that scripture teaches that men are to be the leaders, but in some situations, men, as he was saying, they're not always coming to church. So if, the, if there aren't any spiritually mature men to be filling the leadership roles, it is not surprising that the Lord is making women able to fill those positions. As we know from uh, in the Bible times that uh, Judge Deborah was used and uh, she wanted to uh, let God do things his way, but was is that somebody in the military decided that he wanted Deborah to do the work and so she said yeah you can but you're not going to get the reward so to speak that you would have gotten had you fulfilled what God was wanting you to do so in some cases I know well, my husband uh, his parents and sister attended a church where uh, the pastor was a woman because her husband had been chosen by God to be a pastor 
but he decided he didn't want to be a pastor. He backslid. But the wife decided that she would do what her husband had been called to do. She took up the mantle, so to speak. So in some cases, when men are not willing to do things, are able to do things, then God has women standing up and filling the position. I know that um, some of the Assembly of God churches, we have female pastors. Now, personally, I'm glad that my husband is the lead pastor here at this church. I'm grateful for him. But on the other hand, when there are times that he needs me to fill in, I'm grateful for the privilege of being available to fill in. Women have participated as well, not only in leadership positions, but in doing fundraisers. And our church, I'm grateful that it's not just the ladies, but it's the whole church working together. But um, I know one of the things that the ladies throughout South Texas are, have been doing is working to help raise money for the Heart Fund, which provides furniture and appliances and uh, household decorations for missionaries, when, whether they're out on the mission field or whether they're coming back to the States, because missionaries can't take all of that stuff with them. They have to have help, and it's the ladies at home that who are coming up with the fundraisers to come up with money to buy that stuff. That makes a difference to the missionaries. And we are blessed to have our ladies at our church. Now let's take a look at the Word of God. We're going to look at the example of a woman named Lydia in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 15. And there are a lot of ladies who have uh, been mentioned in the Bible. But for the most part, they're not mentioned as much as the men. And that's understandable. So when a woman is named in the Bible... It's something that uh, we need to take notice of because otherwise they might not mention her name at all. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 16, verses 6, th six through uh, 15. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak to the Lord in Asia. Talking about the Apostle Paul and Silas and his team. And when they had come to my um, Mycia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Holy Spirit is good with that. He directs our paths. So passing by Mycia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man in Macedonia was standing there, urging him, and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and Roman colony. We remained in the city several days, or some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. 
One who heard us was a woman named Lydia in the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Amen. Father God, I just thank you for your word. That is so precious. Thank you for the godly examples it sets for us. And thank you for what we can learn from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Lydia was a successful businesswoman who apparently was the head of her household and a God-fearing Gentile. That particular area that she was living in, or had come from, had been specializing in a lot of um, handmade crafts and things like that. And the area that she was from had a uh, reputation for the dye that she mentioned about being a purple. So she believed in the God of Judaism. She apparently had heard that message, but she wasn't a Christian, obviously. <coughs> she wasn't a full convert to the faith. She lived in the town of Philippi, which is in that uh, Roman Empire area. One day, she met the Apostle Paul and Silas at the riverbank where she had the custom of going to the local prayer meetings. And I was doing a little research, and it turns out that usually when there were prayer meetings at the river, it was because the congregation wasn't large enough to set up their own temple or synagogue. And that made me realize that who knows if it was a handful like we are today or if it was... 15, 20 people. It doesn't really say. All we know is that these people were at the river. And I know back in the old days with the symbols of God, they used to meet under one sharp roof and have uh, tent meetings, so to speak. So this probably wasn't exactly the fanciest place to go for church. But they were there, they were gathered, and it reminds me of an old hymn song that I heard about shall we gather at the river I never thought about it in this context that maybe where the song was coming from I don't know but the main thing is that was their custom to go to the riverbank and pray and in all honesty I know a lot of people have told me well why can't I just go pray out in the countryside and this may be an example of yeah you can you can have church at the river. You can have church in the country. And since they didn't have an official place probably to like a building, physical building to go to, it makes sense that they would go there. So as she listened to Paul preaching one day, Lydia's heart opened. And again, I was reading doing a little research and it was saying that the reason why her heart was open was because the Holy Spirit was doing that opening. And that's true of all of us. If the Holy Spirit doesn't open our hearts to understand and to crave God's word, we're probably going to be missing a lot and not understanding. Amen. So the Holy Spirit had been working on Lydia's heart through Paul's preaching, and she had the desire to get saved. And she accepted what Paul was preaching. 
she didn't make fun of him. She didn't, you know, blow him off and just say, eh, he's just another guy coming through town, passing through. No, she accepted because the Holy Spirit was dealing with her Amen. that she needed to get saved. And not only did she get saved, but her whole household was saved Thank and baptized. And that's something that I want to see happening more and more in our community is household salvation. Amen. A couple of times we hear about that in the Bible, like with Cornelius, he and his household were saved. And when I hear household, I'm thinking not only the blood relatives, but probably the servants too, very likely. So Lydia was a woman of spiritual influence in her family. And she invited Paul and his companions to come stay in her home. In today's situation, I don't know that that would happen very often because we're all concerned about is somebody going to uh, vandalize our home? Is somebody going to hurt us or steal from us or things like that? But God had dealt with her, apparently, and given her that gift of hospitality so that so long as they were there, that they were welcome to stay in her home. Which makes me think, how big was her home in order to house extra people? And she must very likely have been keeping her home very neat. Or she probably wouldn't have invited them to come stay with her. And uh, that's one of those things when I read in scripture that says, be ready in, in season and out of season. I never thought about that being applied to your home, that your home should be ready to take in whoever God tells you to take in. But again, this is the gift of hospitality, that she had that desire for them to stay with her. Now, whether that gift had anything to, or that desire had anything to do with wanting to hear more about the word of the Lord, and if Paul and his team were staying at her house, she might hear more about the word of the Lord. We don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us everything. But the main thing is she urged them to come, and she wouldn't take no for an answer. It's not just a, I'm being polite, kind of a hospitality thing. But it is, I'm going to keep after you until you come to my house and you stay at my house. I know you have to preach and minister and everything like that, but when you're done, I want you to come into my house. I want to share in on this ministry with you. And I know that not everybody has that gift of hospitality. And believe it or not, you find out pretty quick if you have the gift of hospitality when you have people come to stay with you and they stay with you and they stay with you and then you realize, okay, God hasn't given me that gift. So it's one of those things that obviously Lydia not only was craving the word of the Lord, but God had given her that heart desire, that compassion to have people to stay with her. And I don't know if it said, I don't remember anywhere in that particular passage that it said that she had a husband. I don't know if she was a widow. But the main thing is, is that she used these people staying with her to minister to her family. And like Pastor was saying earlier, after you get saved, you need disciple. That may be part of her motivation in wanting them to stay at her house so that her family and her household could get there, Like I said, there's some things that we can only guess at if it's not specifically <coughs> stated in the Bible. 
but I know that everybody in our church has a gift or talent that we can use. Men, women, children. Amen. It's something that uh, I know it means a lot to me when people help clean up or uh, serve at church luncheons and dinners. And I know that there are so many times that I should be saying thank you more often for everybody who's helped, whether it is in something on the platform or whether it's behind the scenes. I know that uh, it's not just the ladies who are actively helping in the church. I know it's a team effort with the men and the women both working together. And I'm just so thankful for everyone who has participated in our church ministry because it's not just pastor's ministry, it's our church's ministry to the community. And like we were saying earlier, whether it's calling people or what I really love is when I hear people from our church saying, I invited somebody to come to church. And as we know, a lot of times people do check the internet to find the church or they do look in the town newspaper to find the church or the yellow pages. But more people are coming to church because of somebody inviting them. And a lot of the time, it's like Lydia being over and over and over insisting, please come to my church. Because I know if somebody just invites you one time, it's like, ah, no worry. But when they keep inviting you, and they keep inviting you, it's like, you know, like my husband would say, because his mom and his family kept after him, he eventually decided, okay, I'll go. Now, whether or not that's the best attitude or not, I'll take it. However it takes for God to get people into church so that they can hear the word of God. And I know without the women of our church doing everything that they have been doing for our church, then there's a lot of things that probably wouldn't be happening. I thank the Lord that our church is a team working together to serve our Lord. Yes. We value the prayers and the ministries represented through the ladies of our church. Yes. We also appreciate the men of our church. And I know that it's like so many times in the Word of God, it says that we are one body working together. We need each other. That's right. And I know that I'm so blessed to be at this church. Amen. And I'm thankful for it. Pastor, I'll let you take it from here. Praise God. You know, one of the things my wife was saying, uh, oh, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, it was a good message this past little while. Thank you. It ministered to me. And we need to remember we do need each other. And one of the things I was going to comment on was she made the comment that every one of us in this church has a gift or a talent. And we need to be using it for the house of the Lord and for God. And we do. Because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. That's, right. That's what another place in the Bible talks about. 
he's talking about a uh, servant. And he said that to uh, many that have been given, more will be given, or something to that effect. But if you uh, don't use it, you're going to lose it. That's, in essence, that's what he said. And so we need to realize today, folks, that you may be the best singer in the entire world. If you are, I want you to start volunteering. Or even if you're not, <laughs> even if you're not, you don't have to be a, a what do you call it? Profession. <laughs> but if you love to sing for the Lord, like Bruce, I'm not saying he don't know how to sing well. I think he did a good job. I'm just saying it, that he's using his talent for God wherever he goes. And that's the same thing we need to be doing. We need to hone in on what talent God has given us. You know, let me let me say this. Before I became a pastor, I had my mind and my life all planned out. I was going to be an actor. I was going to go to Hollywood. I was going to get discovered. I was going to have a lot of women. I was going to have a lot of cars and house and beautiful house. I had it all planned out. God, this is what I'm going to do from here on out. Well, actually, I didn't say God because I didn't acknowledge God at that time in my life. But I said, this is myself. This is what I'm going to do. And then in 1985, around uh, Labor Day of that year, the Lord changed my life and heart and said no. And about two months after I got back into church, he said, now, because you, you remember I told you this before. When I was 15, I got saved, and a month or two later, he called me into the ministry. Well, anyway, I strayed from that path and didn't come back until I was almost 27. And then after a couple of months of being back in church, the Lord said, I still want you to pastor for me. So, but because in the prior time to that, because I had planned on being an actor, I had pursued that in my life, and I wanted to do it so desperately. Number one, it made me not afraid to talk in front of people. Number two, it helped me to project my voice so that people on the back row could hear me. Good. Even, even good. if I didn't have a microphone. So anyways, and, and the hand gestures. You notice that I sometimes use hand gestures uh, to make points and emphasis and so forth. I know how to re reflect my voice. In other words, all of those things that I was taught in drama so that I would be good as an actor, the Lord used them to help me in the ministry now. Because those same things go from there to there. Now that doesn't mean, no, don't misinterpret me. I'm not saying I'm acting like a pastor, okay? <laughs> I am a pastor, and I'm doing what God's called me to do. But I'm saying is, is that uh, things, he used those things, those gifts and talents, so that I can do what he's called me to do. Well, he's done that for you as well. Whether it's singing, whether it's hospitality, whether it's uh, having a compassion for people to call and check on them when they're not in the house of the Lord, whether it's coming to clean the church, whether it's 
uh, being women's director of the, of the church and children's church pastor, whatever it is. And, and guys, we've got those same gifts and talents within us. And so we need to be uh, asking God to help us to minister those gifts so that the whole body will be blessed. You know, that's what they're given to us for. Did you know the same thing applies into the spiritual realm as far as spiritual gifts as well? Whether it's the gift of hospitality, whether it's the gift of giving, whether it's the gift of healing, whether it's the gift of miracles, whether it's the gift of uh, speaking and uh, giving gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues, whether it's the gift of word of prophecy, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, Whatever that gift might be God has given you, he wants you to use it to be edifying to the whole body of God. And so that's why I am so desperate for a mighty move of God in this house. I, I tell you, I, I'm so hungry for it, I can almost taste it. And, and I want you to get that same hunger. That's why we need to be praying for the revival before the E-Mark even gets here. And it's not even going to be then until the end of the month. So we're, we need to be in prayer now so that God will bring in people that need Jesus as Savior yeah. and Lord, so that people will get baptized in the Holy Spirit, so that people will get ministered to in whatever area of their life they need to be ministered to, finances, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, whatever the case might be. We need to be in prayer for the revival. The revival doesn't just take place overnight, folks. It doesn't just happen all of a sudden like that. Now, sometimes it does, but not very often. Usually it's because people have been praying for it. And that's what we need to do. Is we need to spend time in prayer asking God to bring revival now and not wait until Reverend Knights get here. So anyway, that being said, I want us to take to heart what my wife shared with us this morning. And what the Lord has just shared with us through what he's had me to say today. And, and you know what? I believe if we will, if we'll submit to the leading of God, there's going to be great and mighty things that he'll do in our midst. I really do. I believe that with all my heart. And what, what we're going to do is something just a little bit different from what we normally do to, to end the service. And... When I said a little while ago, I said we're going to sing What a Mighty God We Serve, I didn't forget it. God was telling me we're going to do it as our benediction. So in other words, we're going to stand and we're going to sing What a Mighty God We Serve as our benediction. We won't even have a benediction of prayer. What a mighty God.